Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. the In The Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe, the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. I am your host, Matt O'Teal. Joined as always, we have Sam DRS Russell and Stefano Sedano. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Long time no talk, Matt, Um, but I'm very, very excited. I got a lot to talk about, a lot to uh, probably yell at each other about, so really looking forward to this episode. Hi guys. Uh, I'm really excited. I've been doing, uh, my vocal warming up exercises for a little over a week now, getting ready to record this podcast. So let's get ready to rock. Yeah, guys, uh, two races, uh, left going into this past weekend. We got Interlagos this past weekend, and then we've got the final race of the 2022 calendar season of Abu Dhabi. All of the championships that matter are pretty much wrapped up, and we're heading into kind of the last couple of spots for the drivers. Potential for Mercedes to overtake Ferrari. It was a call I made earlier in the year that Mercedes was going to pip the second place drive uh, constructor championship off of Ferrari. Still potential out there could happen if they go one two ferrari goes three five very very much up in the air checo and chuck battling for for p2 i mean we got a lot to talk about from this past weekend a lot to look forward to in the abu dhabi preview um but guys first like we got to start with the sprint race that was really pretty crazy considering kmag started on pole and Sam, you had a great call that George Russell was going to win from, I think, P3, P4. But first off, let's just start with Interlagos as a track, fantastic track for the sprint race. And the fact that K-Mag was on pole, like, I can't say enough about the sprint race, but I'll let you guys kick it off. Like, just what, what did you think about the sprint this past weekend? I thought it was fantastic. 
It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I said to you guys, it was the sprint that saved sprints. Yeah. Um, I think going into that race, uh, into that sprint, people were very um, anti-sprint and really wanted to uh, get rid of it. And that just proved that if done correctly, it's awesome. I mean, that was really great. And it felt like a video game. And it was awesome in every sense. And I, I loved it. Yeah, I'll echo that, uh, especially the video game feel of it, because it's so short and so sweet. And at a track like Interlagos, which provides so much excitement in the way of overtakes and in the way of, ex- you know, just really explosive racing. Um, this was definitely a case for sprints. You know, we've had some definitely a lot of fans uh, around the socials and around the Formula One world that have called for like no sprints whatsoever. Uh, and I think this definitely kind of silenced them and some drivers too. We had Max Verstappen sort of question uh, all the sprints on next year's calendar and, and wonder what the point is. I think the point is that we want to see some racing and a little bit more sprints is definitely good for that. Yeah. No, I'll, uh, can I just say this? I'll go one step further. Not only are, does this prove sprints are great. I want to do like add like mega sprints where they're only like three or five lap races. I think that would like be insane. Can you, you imagine been, the moves that these guys the are trying to make? Game too much, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We do our five lap races. If we do, if they have five lap sprints, oh my god, that they would be do. electric. Oh man, not to get too off topic, but they should do like five lap races in like the format could like be tweaked a little bit where they take like some hugely powerful version of their cars, like qualifying spec where they boost up the power. All right, guys, I'm going to cut you off right now. And we're going to keep talking about the sprint races. Like I don't even want to hear where you were about to go with the souped up cars. Like at that point, just put them all into like virtual headsets and make them race around each other with the same AI difficulty. Like that's no talking about. I mean, the sprint race, here's my only gripe with the sprint race. I, I hear you guys. Like, I think that it is a lot of excitement as a fan i think it's great i have two issues with it i do agree with max like it is hard when the points don't matter as much so i think you gotta jack the points up so the drivers actually care about overtakes i do think he is right like you're not gonna risk as much in a shorter race when like all the points on sunday are what matter and you don't want to crash the car or put the team in a position where they're pulling an all-nighter to get the the car ready i do agree with that like i'm certain drivers are more cautious but here's my biggest gripe i hate the fact that it's like qualifying is Friday after FP1 and then we've said it before I can't stand the fact that FP2 the they can't change the cars like do FP1 and FP2 on Friday and do qualifying before the sprint on Saturday you're already putting the guys in the cars for a practice session before qual before the sprint race anyway what's the difference between putting them in qualifying or push it up a day yeah do like an FP1 on Thursday or something yeah, it's just like, like the, it's nonsensical these guys have like two weeks off between every race. I mean, not all of them, but like, yeah, put FP one, like on a Thursday afternoon and then send them off in Thursday afternoon to all of their press conferences and then do FP two on Friday morning and then F and then do qualifying Friday night and then sprint and then race. And then maybe, maybe there'll be more time where guys actually will take a little bit and put more points on there. And then maybe actually it'll diffuse the driver saying, well, we don't risk it as much. Make the points like 75% points. I'm I don't know. That. I don't know. The points, I'm okay with the points. Uh, I think Max was not really taking into account the fact that you can like, if you qualify bad for the sprint, you can 
kind of like reverse your fortunes. You have the chance to. I don't, to I don't know that I agree with that. I, I, I do. I agree well, we've with seen that. it happen a bunch you don't of times. Have to agree with it. It's a fact. I, yeah. I don't know. I think that they all just kind of like Checo was what ninth, and he ended up on the it second round. It just happened this past Sines weekend with was Lewis. It? Lewis yeah. was was eighth in qualifying and ended up getting up to P two. I guess my point is like the teams that suffer are the midfield teams. Like all the top teams end up benefiting back from the sprint race because if you have the faster car over 25 laps, you're going to, and it always ends up that like Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull are on the first six slots pretty much. Like look at Alpine. Alpine had a good qualifying and in the sprint race, they took each other out and they were 15 and 16. Like, I think it actually benefits that, the top teams. That's entirely due to Esteban Ocon. I'm just saying, like qualifying, those guys are in peak form, and then I, I don't know. I I'm with you guys. I always thought like, oh, this gives it gives the midfield or it gives the top teams more parity, but I think the midfield teams lose out. That's what I, I that's personally what I think. Like K Mag, what's his race look like well, on Sunday? Making, he starts making for points, making he's probably finishing outside the top ten if he <laughs> making if he started making on it more points would just make it worse for the midfield teams though. No, but I think if you give it more points, like a K-Mag finishes eighth and then he gets taken out on Sunday, like he at least scored like more points or maybe he defends a little bit. But I don't know. It's it's a good it's a, I love the sprints. I just think that they need to figure out the week weekend formats because teams not being able to like tweak the cars like you have three practices every single race to like kind of tinker with the cars. And then the sprint weekend, you have one. Like, it just makes zero sense. I'll put it to you this way. The sprint races are not the worst idea the FIA no. or Formula One has put forward. You know, there have been numerous harebrained decisions over the years that, you know, this might be the, the best sprint, thing that they've ever done to the sport. This could the only thing they could do better for the sport is to increase it to 22 teams and add the Andretti's. But I don't want us to go well, down that, that tangent. Replace them with the Andretti's. Yeah. Speaking of Haas, they, you know, they might be I and Nico Hulkenberg for that seat. I don't know why. Wednesday. They're I don't know why. For the life of me, I, I they are just such like they're being cowards because they don't you know want what? i bet it's i bet it's, it's it's cheaper i bet he's asking oh, for right. less money i bet cheaper I honestly and safer. Bet you that's what it is cheaper yeah. and safer how is it safer i mean you've got somebody who's more experienced than mick he's probably not going to crash the car and qualify i mean mick is race. pretty expensive <laughs> mick's an expensive I'll, guy i'll give you that i'll give you mick that. stinks don't get me wrong mick stinks but mick does stink. but but you know what like Hulkenberg is just so lame. Like, bring he up is. some like young kid or something. Like, so you know what you're getting out of Hulkenberg, and and it's it's not what we were promised out of Haas because I'll put, Haas it, I'll put it to both you fighting guys for points in that head of the midfield. Like, that's what they said they were going to be doing, and they showed they could do it first couple of races. Like, go get someone young and exciting, not fucking Hulkenberg. Here's my prediction, guys. Mark my words. Gene Haas is lining this team up for sale at the end of next year. Maybe I can see that. That's why he pulled in Hulkenberg. I think he's done with F1. I think he's like embarrassed with what his team's done. I don't, that's why I don't think you've seen him like turn over the team of like Gunther. I think he's trying to just line it up. He brought in a new sponsor to replace Mick. I think he wants to preserve as much money, not have any crashes, try and end the constructors next year around sixth or seventh and line the team up for sale and try and recoup some of his money back. That's what I personally think he's trying to do. It's not going to happen with Nico Hulkenberg. I don't think he's looking to try and make a big splash. I think he's just trying to get like a, a very stable year. Don't lose a lot of money. Get two consistent drivers that don't crash the car fighting for ninth and 10th and try and pip seventh or sixth in the constructors and then sell the car, sell the entire team. Yeah. The crashes are the only real argument for Nico Hulkenberg here because the only, like what, what did Nico Hulkenberg and Mick Schumacher have in common? Nothing. 
No, they both haven't gotten on a podium. And Nico Hulkenberg has had 184 tries. Yeah, but you know what Nico Hulkenberg and Mick don't have in common? Nico Hulkenberg doesn't crash cars as much as Mick Schumacher does. And Mick Schumacher has not put as many butts in seats with that Schumacher name as Haas probably was hoping that he would. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Like, like he's he Schumacher's not good. He's not good at all. Not good at all. I don't blame him for not bringing him back because I think his his whole tenure has been a disaster. But like, it's it's more of the Hulkenberg hire. It's like this guy is just not an F one driver anymore. He's done. Let him let him go to IndyCar. Like, it's bring in a new fresh name. They think that Hulkenberg is going to do what like K Mag did this year, which is be forgettable and not crash a car. And that's why I think Gene Haas is lining the, the team up for sale next year. I, I think he, you haven't seen him on any tracks. Like, I don't know. He just doesn't give a shit in my opinion. But anyway, uh, Stefano, you're a big guy. Fernando Alonso, he's got one more race finally. And then he gets to be done with Esteban Ocon. That drama in that first opening lap in the sprint race was, I kind of like turned a little bit against Esteban Ocon. Like he's been, a hot hand for the matchup bets for you this year, Sam. But like, man, watching that guy battle his teammate was tough to watch. That guy is an ungrateful little shit. Okay, watching Fernando, I'll I'll, I'll rewind to 2021 when he got his first win at Hungary, and Fernando Alonso defended like a madman against. I think it was I think it was Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. It was like four or five laps in Hungary, and he like opened the door wide open for Akon to win that race. And after the race, he had such glowing words for Esteban Ocon. And then a year later at the very same race, this is like the first flashpoint that I, I can think of uh, from this season between those two. Uh, it's the, the, the start of the race and Ocon defends like, a, like an idiot against uh, Fernando Alonso in those weird conditions at Hungary. And then you have, you know, the further incidents throughout where, you know, uh, Fernando Alonso's car seems to always be the one breaking. Meanwhile, Akon can't take advantage of anything because he sucks. Uh, and then you have this incident on track, two incidents actually in the sprint where um, Akon pushes him off track. And then I think Fernando Alonso broke his, uh, his end plate later in the race when yeah. uh, Akon moves over to try to defend against a Fernando Alonso overtake. And then in the in the race on Sunday, he's complaining like a baby when uh, the team is trying to tell him that I forget who was in he's, front of him. Yeah, it was Vettel in front of him, and he says, yeah, was, "Pass Vettel, like let let Fernando through because he's on a tire offset, and he yeah. had a faster tire against him." I mean, Ocon has not that had was good a history. Radio transmission from Esteban Ocon. He sounded like such a moaning little baby. It's not, honestly, Interlagos has not been a friendly track for Esteban Ocon. Flashback to a couple of years ago when he was a backmarker and crashed into Max, who was winning the race. Like, I mean, Esteban's kind of a, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of understand why Alonzo would rather, you know, your teammate must be that bad that you want to go be with the stroll family. to be with the strolls instead of Esteban Ocon and the Alpine. But one more thing on Fernando Alonso, though. And yeah, I give, the, give the people what they're looking for, Stefano because you've been was, on a nice monologue, so make sure was, you drop was, it off. I was, I was watching the race with my dad, who's a big Ferrari guy. He loved coming Fernando on the podcast? Uh, I, I asked Pasquale. He he couldn't make it tonight. Uh, that's too bad. Uh, Next time but, Ferrari fucks up, though, he, he, he's going to be on. Yeah, big, yeah if he, uh, hold on. You have to promise if Checo beats Chuck and if Ferrari and or and or if Chuck loses to Checo 
in the drivers and or Ferrari loses to Mercedes, Pasquale has to come on. I'll put it to him. I'll put it to him. I'm sure he'd love to chop it up with you guys. Yeah. But uh, back to what I was saying, he Fernando Alonso was cutting his way up through the field. And my dad turns to me, he goes, now Ferrari should give this fucking guy another contract. Get this loser out of the seat. Fernando Alonso is 80 fucking years old, beating everybody. Yeah, he is. And honestly, is. I looked to him and I was like, man, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Fernando alongside, alongside Max Verstappen in that Red Bull in 2024 is going to, Alonso loves Max. He loves Max. Which is, actually, that's not weird. They both have very They both are so similar in the yeah. sense of on track. But anyway, guys, moving off of the Alpine drama, too bad for them. Ruined the race. I mean, Alonso made up in the, the Grand Prix. I think he finished fifth overall. Great day for him. Sam, you're the driver you're, of the day. He started 17th. Sam, your hat says it all for this episode. Mercedes finally gets that monkey off their back this year. A George Russell win. Lewis Hamilton, P2, despite a crash with Max early on. We'll get to that later. But Sam, you got a you had a great weekend, by the way. You predicted George to win the the sprint. You had Lewis to to win the race, which he probably was going to. We'll get to why he didn't in a little bit. But like your team's back on the top step. Yeah, Mercedes is back. Uh that was awesome. They finally have arrived. It seemed to all kind of come together for them. And I really, fingers crossed, hope that this is the sign of what we're going to get next year in terms of competitiveness for the teams. Because if we can get a three-way battle every week the way we did this past weekend, like it's going to be an unbelievable season. Um, but yeah, Mercedes is back. Hats off to George Russell. Taking heat from the greatest of all time for you know 30 laps to finish the race and come out on top. Not blink, not give him one like literally anything for Hamilton to pass him it was very very impressive so hats off to George George Russell that was a great race definitely his best best race of the year do you, Russell, think, Russell. That, do you think Mercedes kind of fucked over Lewis Hamilton a little bit in that race Lewis was flying yes. on those yeah. meetings yeah um, I was I was very surprised how early they brought him in on his on his uh first stint he went well. Well, Lewis went deep on stint one, and then they brought him in on stint two. Like they were stint like, two. Excuse me. Yeah, they, I thought he was. I thought he was going to go a lot longer. Um, I yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but I I wasn't. I I thought they played it right because Hamilton had a shot to get him at the end. I mean, yeah. Hamilton had a chance to win. So I to have them finish one two. Like cleanly, it's hard to say that they screwed anyone wrong and have Hamilton fin- finish like less than two seconds behind him. He had a shot. He had at, at one point he had him in DRS range, so he had a shot at him. Russell was just perfect in yeah, the last few laps. Like he was perfect. I, this is this is a pretty good sign of what's to come at Mercedes. To be honest, like if you've got a driver like George and the greatest of all time kind of alongside, and you got those two guys, like it's going to be my only fear with the future of Mercedes is like. Is the like George Russell? We said at the beginning of the year, is his ego going to be? Is he going to put aside his ego for Lewis Hamilton all year? He really hasn't had a chance to kind of like he's they never really had to like battle with each other. They were never really in contention for either championship. But now that he's winning a race, like he's getting a little bit of a taste of what it's like to fight for a championship. Like, could we be seeing some drama in Mercedes next year for the drivers if, Matt, if they're as competitive as they are? They were in Interlagos. Matt, I'll say this: there is no way. 
that George Russell is going to be the type of teammate that Valerie Bottas was. None. No Zero. He's, he's not yielding to Lewis. Uh, and I think this is going to be more of a Nico proof. Rosberg, but not quite to that level. Yeah, I think I think Russell, if they have that type of car next year, Russell's going to be fighting for a championship. He's oh, not going to yield to him. Um, and it'll, it'll be very fun to watch. And, and mark my words, that Russell-Hamilton relationship will get sour at some point next year if Mercedes is fighting for a championship. It's it'll all, sour at some point. It's all sunshine and roses when you're not really fighting for a championship. But when push comes to shove, like we're going to find we're going to learn a lot about who George Russell is and who Lewis Hamilton is because they're hugging, they're going crazy. Like they've been fighting so hard as a team for that first win. But if they're fighting for a championship, those hugs are going to evaporate as, as fast oh, yeah. as possible. Oh, yeah. That first instance next season when they're fighting for either a one, two or, or the last podium spot and they touch, that's going to be the flashpoint. And then we'll real. see what the relationship is like after that. Yeah, no, we are because I mean, yeah, we're going to see, we're going to learn a lot, but a little interesting Toto Wolf, not at the track this weekend. And that's the weekend they take their first one, two of the year, actually first win. I got to wonder, like, is there any, any correlation between Toto not being on site and them winning the race? Kind of a, no, kinda a no, no, that's a hard no. They won, they won, yeah, they won we... for eight years straight with Toto <laughs> there. Are you fucking kidding? I don't know. New era of cars. Maybe the maybe the game has just kind of passed Toto by why, a little why bit. Why wasn't he there? I didn't actually. I also think uh, Bizzotto wasn't uh, wasn't there this weekend too, and and Ferrari called their own shots. Some, they were fine strat strat wise. So I'd have yeah, heard that signs he... with a great podium, although. Yeah. Uh, Charles Leclerc, I think I told you guys this, definitely making an enemy out of me with his whining near the end. Yeah, that I was, mean, that we'll was get to the whining bad. in a second. A lot yeah. of team radio uh, controversy. Yeah, that, that, radio. that's going to be a tasty segment. Rumor is, though, on the topic of Bonato, rumor is that yeah. Ferrari is thinking about bringing in a new team principal given all the reliability issues, given all of the strategy blunders. Yeah, he's done. There's duh. and you know what, duh, Matt. He's needs duh. to get fired. Like a uh, duh. Uh, he's, gonna duh. Get, he's gonna get fired. And this is you can tell this is like the first leak. Like oh, they're considering a change. He's gone. He's totally. Bozodo. He's totally. Bozodo. Bozodo is done. Bozodo. Yeah, bring, bring back Arriva Bene. Yeah. Get him. Get him from Juventus. Get him in a, a three-year contract. And bring in Felipe Massa. I'm thinking like Jeff Gordon. <laughs> Jeff Gordon would be unbelievable. Bring, <laughs> bring in Sebastian Vettel as your wow, team. Wow, that Taylor would be all time, man. If you brought in Sebastian Vettel, they'd win. Right, we got we to get to probably the topic everybody is looking forward to us discussing today: a Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton battle. Haven't really gotten one of those all year long. Like we've had a couple where they were kind of trailing or they pit before the other. We've had a couple where like it was super early in the race and Max just kind of overtook Lewis. I mean, we saw the one where Max lapped Lewis in, I think, uh, in the, the Italian Grand Prix or not the Italian, but the one that's, I always forget, Emilia Romano Grand Prix. But we haven't really seen like cars coming blow to blow until this weekend. Max gets a five-second time penalty. For our listeners, everyone knows I'm a huge Max 
Stan, Sam's a huge Lewis Stan. If you know anything about me and Sam, you know that that's just oil and water. Like that just doesn't mix well. Um, Sam, I'll let you kind of kick things off and describe what happened to the to the fans. But Max Lewis crash, it kind of cost Lewis's race. Max five second time penalty. Yeah, I mean, you, you give us what you what you saw happen this weekend. Well, first off, it it is kind of ironic that the first time they come together, like in a real racing incident of this year, they crash into each other. It was it was almost inevitable, um, based off of what happened last year. But it was just ironic to see it happen and play out in in real time. What made it so frustrating to me was just how impatient of a move it was for Max. Like that was such a tight spot to like go for it there. He had the pace to get by him if he just waited for that straight after that S there. And it's just like it was so impatient and I felt like it was a really clumsy move. And I thought, in my opinion, it was crystal clear it was Max's fault. I know you don't feel it was. I felt that he was going in going into that turn. He was clearly ahead of him. Um, and it was a very clumsy and impatient move by Max. And yeah, it 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 more or less cost Lewis a win, which makes it a lot more frustrating. And Max had a quote afterwards, like, yeah, I I knew he wasn't going to leave me enough room, still went for it, knowing that it was going to cost him a win and it didn't really matter for me. And to me, that just pretty much encapsulates, encapsulates the move in the moment. Like Max went for it knowing whatever, I don't give a shit. I don't care what happens if we crash. Where Lewis, it was an important moment for him. He was going for his first win of the year. Um, he, he was having a good weekend and that that cost him his win and it meant nothing to Max and it was pretty much everything for Lewis. So it was very, very frustrating as a Lewis fan. Um, and yeah, I, I was very ticked off and still am. Yeah, I mean, it's a that was a tough one. Um, I think you kind of paraphrased the quote a little bit. I think it was I uh, I went for it knowing it was tight. It didn't end up costing me anything except five seconds. It cost him the race win. Same same thing I think you're trying to get across. Um, listen, uh, those guys don't don't like each other. Like I, They pretend that they have respect or they pretend or they're like, oh, yeah. But I don't think they're on, even doing that anymore. On track, they don't give a shit about each other. Like, I, I'll be very honest. Last year, they they crashed a ton. This year, I don't think Max has crashed into literally anybody in every, like, even the only time was like, I think the sprint race, I think the exact same move signs made on Max and like they had a little bit of a touch. I don't know. Yeah, Max those guys been don't so respect each other at all. Accidents. Those guys I, I don't think care. It's a, I think it's a terrible comparison though to compare Lewis and Max this year in having incidents and crashes when Max had is going to have a historically great car, and Lewis is fighting as the third. No, or fourth all I was saying is there. like Max has zero crashes this year, except the first, like same corner. He's like giving people space. Like I just think he goes for the gaps with Lewis because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like maybe. he doesn't yeah, like Lewis. He definitely he doesn't, doesn't like Lewis. Him. Like he, he doesn't, doesn't respect. Like they, they do not respect each other. They sure. don't respect each other. I think Lewis maybe puts his car in a little bit of a different place. If that's like. Not Fernando. I was gonna say like maybe it's, like Vettel or like I don't know. I I don't think either one of them yield to each other, and they come to blows more often than they don't, and then they point the finger at each other, 
And half the time, it's probably Max's fault for going for a gap. And half the time, it's probably Lewis's fault for not giving space. But like my, here's my take. I was teasing this out. Here's my take. Max has been such a hothead in the past and he's been such like a media, like he's been very vocal on team radios. He comes off as such an entitled brat and prick about everything that happens. He's like complaining in Spain about Checo not giving up the position, but then he doesn't yield it back when it doesn't matter at all yesterday. He's just given himself such a reputation of being like a hothead on the track, yelling about the DRS, yelling at the team, like all this stuff. And I think Lewis has never given anybody that of like reason to call him like a hothead. Like he doesn't say anything. He might've like no, battled Lewis with always... Rosberg or he's battled with Alonzo, but he never like doubles down on it. So like Max just has put himself in a position that like he's an aggressive driver. So literally any move that he does good or bad, like if he crashes, it's like, it's automatic his fault because he's just been like that forever. So well, he's I just, think I think that they're both used to other drivers yielding to them, and I agree with them that. do it. They don't yield. I, I mean, there's there's certainly been times where it's Lewis's fault. Silverstone yeah. last year, Lewis's yeah. fault. But this this was clearly Max's fault. It's like there this this whole take you have is is all well and great, but this was just Max's fault. It was just a dumb, clumsy, impatient move by him, and it cost Lewis the race. He, and he didn't have enough respect for Lewis to give him that corner that he at that point had already earned. I don't know that. I don't know that this one was as clear. I was just more making a comment that like, it doesn't matter whether or not I'm right or you're right. I, it doesn't matter if like Max made a clumsy move or, or Lewis closed in the gap. Max isn't getting the benefit of the doubt from the fans because he's done this so many times and he's crashed so many times with Lewis. And he's been such a hothead that he will never get the benefit of the doubt that it like, and that's immediately why he got a five second time penalty even if it is his fault, like if it is his fault, that's fine too. But like, he'll never earn the benefit of the doubt because he's always such a hothead on the radio and like yells about other people. Or to your point, I don't think this move was as clumsy as a move as Max has made against Lewis in other situations. I think this was actually less clumsy than a million other moves where he's like gone for a gap and like gotten, like I think last year in the Italian Grand Prix, Monza, that move he made around that chicane, I think that was a thousand times more clumsy than this move. That was I just agree. idiotic. I agree. Was that I the first chicane? Yeah, I agree with that. that. That was just idiotic move. Like this was more of like a disrespectful move. This was more of like this was a point, disrespectful I move. I, he's like, I don't care if I win the race. I don't need to win the race. I'm going to go for it if it doesn't. But work, I'm going to make sure you don't win the race. I don't yeah, know. He's he's like, hit him, but like he, I, hit him, he hit him almost intentionally. He did not even turn his wheel. He did. If you look at the onboard, his literally arms are like locked, but it doesn't matter. My point is, I don't think he makes that same move against like Chuck or Lando or George. Definitely not. I well, don't think he just doesn't Lando think he likes him, but I, my, my whole point is, I don't think he's earned anyone in the F1 community's like benefit of the doubt that like, oh, like, dang, that was like. That was also has 15 years of goodwill that he's worked very hard. To exactly. Achieve. That's my point. Plus, he, plus Lewis's dad isn't also like that's my and, and you're literally making either. my entire point. Stefano is that like Lewis has built such a good reputation in the F1 community that even if even if objectively that was his fault and even if like Julian Palmer comes out was like Lewis turned into him and even if Lewis said I turned into him on purpose doesn't matter because everyone's gonna be like yeah but Lewis has been so nice over the years like it doesn't matter and like that's the big problem that Max has and it even came across again at the end of the race when he wouldn't even let his teammate pass like it just like feeds into this like 
narrative and it's true people walk away from these races and they're like that kid is an entitled spoiled brat because he can't help himself meanwhile lewis is like it's because he is quiet. an entitled spoiled brat that is they why it's not are, though. that's he my just point they, they all are but he just he, like, actually he's a, shows he's it good he's good and he's also an entitled spoiled brat there are so many people that are entitled spoiled brats the difference is they don't show it he does and like that's like until he stops doing that no one's gonna like him because yeah, he just like shows how much of an entitled spoiled brat he is too here's the thing matt i don't know how many other drivers that are out there that would have done what he did on sunday with not letting check through because there's been plenty of instances in history where people in very similar yeah. situations as, as him have made that swap and yeah. haven't cared to say anything twice about it him doing that is inexplicable man it it's is like inexplicable it I is unbelievable it's it incredibly so... short-sighted too because the it, other thing yeah. is like Checo's such a good teammate he arguably won him that final race last year holding up 100%. Hamilton the way he did 100 percent. he can thank Checo for at least one of those championships that he's yeah, going to I that is 100% accurate. I totally agree with that. Checo saying if he has two championships it's thanks him. I don't know about the second I, one. I, I, that, I agree with second that. Second one's he a has little one. He definitely like, has Checo, one. Che- we love you guys. So thanks to Ferrari they the door money. Like you didn't really do much. You were you are in poor form according to Sam and Stefano for like half the year this year. Like but one relax. of them the maiden one, Max would have zero championships 100%. right now if it wasn't for Checo. 100%, he deserves he deserves all the help and more from Max. And for I him agree. not to make a simple switch, it's especially pathetic. when it has, it's pathetic. It's especially pathetic. when there's nothing on the line for Max. Nothing. Nothing. That's what makes it so pathetic. It's and so then weird. What's what is so aggravating too is him coming out being like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna help him at, in Abu Dhabi next weekend if he needs it. It's like, okay, why didn't you help him this past weekend? Like what who cares about next weekend? Why didn't you do it this past race? And I hate now that they're saying like Oh, we're going to keep it internal. It's like, no, you got this needs, this needs to be explained. It needs to be explained. And if it's, if it's, I think Max isn't going to come out and say it's got, it has to do with Monaco this year, because even if it's because of that and he's holding that against them, and even if Checo intentionally crashed his car in qualifying at Monaco, who cares? The championship's over, Max. It's over. It it's, makes, it's so short-sighted too because like he's going to need Checo next year to help him out because if like this year was a cakewalk because Mercedes was so far behind all year that it didn't matter and Ferrari handed them the title yeah and Ferrari handed them not the gonna title. be a cakewalk next year not he's gonna, gonna be a cakewalk Checo, next year and you're gonna and need I really tea. hope Checo doesn't forget this I really hope he doesn't let it slide and he makes it harder on Max and he isn't the pushover that he was the past two years for well, Max it's hard to though be not the pushover for max when like you literally can't even beat him though like, that's he... fine that's fine and and no one's saying that checo is going to win this no. without the team orders and all this but here's the thing max needs to understand how much checo has done for him and how much easier checo has made it for him and for and he needs to do anything he can to help i mean anything here's, i'm gonna i totally agree i said it to you guys yesterday it's incredibly short-sighted of max because and i still stand behind this he will literally never have a better teammate than Sergio Perez for the rest of his career. Not only is Checo A incredibly good at defending, 
and holding up guys and being a team player. He's also not even a real threat. So he's a really good driver who's not a threat to Max, who can actually race with like the Lewises, the Alonzos. Like Max will never have as good of a teammate as Checo Perez. So he better enjoy the run while he has it because after you put a younger guy in, he couldn't hack it with Albon. So you either get a, a young guy who can't race and hold people up, and now you're a lone wolf. You get a young guy like a DeVry who actually wants to win, a cha- or a Russell who wants to win, and now you actually have to compete with your teammate. Or you got an older guy who's not good or past their prime, or an older guy like an Alonzo or a Vettel who's just as good as you and knows how to win a championship and will actually compete. So like you're never going to get this like unicorn of a teammate. So it's incredibly short-sighted because if he wants to win next year, he needs Checo to help him out. But here's my like just playing not even devil's advocate in benefit of Max. If Checo is crashing on purpose, just if he is to help to impact his teammate, if you were a teammate of that, wouldn't you be fucking pissed? I know absolutely, I'd be pretty pissed. Absolutely. And not, it's, it, not enough to get even. No, it'd be total Bush League if Checo did that. And I think they need to do an investigation in it. And they should have done that already. And if there's damning evidence, they should investigate Checo. And that should be a big deal because that's Huge. absolute bullshit. But that does, not, that does not exonerate Max here. I mean, no, no, may, no, no. Not maybe, maybe if this was happening, like, I don't know. I, I, I Honestly, I can't. You can't exonerate no matter what because it's it's over for max and doesn't mean anything to him and maybe if checo was leaving next year and his contract was up and he was going somewhere else like even then it would be terrible and not a good move at all considering how much uh max has or checo has done for max but the fact that he's still your teammate and you have to compete with him next year and try to win another championship next year with this guy as your teammate it's just it's inexplicable it's unbelievable and i don't know how max is going to recover like pr wise in anybody's eyes, like he's, this he's, is gonna care. This is gonna to, carry him for a I don't long think he time. Gives a shit whether he's. He, he, he clearly he doesn't. Because it's not like he didn't know this was gonna get like publicized. He clearly yeah. doesn't give a shit, which kind of makes it like crazier. It's I also, like, I also take exception to the claims that Checo crashed, uh, on his own accord in Monaco. Because I know, man, you're gonna look at the data. The data is pretty damning. Why the, would why pretty would, damning of the onboard? Yeah, what if I can easily get involved with that and dude, the onboard and the data analysis that I've seen is like pretty alarming. Like it shows like every single one of the guys is laps and nobody's hitting the throttle at the point he's hitting the throttle and then the lap he crashes he's hitting, including himself. Like it's pretty like the like. I know I'm a Red Bull guy and I'm like a Max guy, but like the the data is really not good for Checo. Like that's fine that like like many 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 laps nobody including him is hitting the throttle when he's hitting the throttle and then right when he does he spins off the curb and hits the wall that's fine if there's data to back it up but then there's like this claim that uh checo admitted to crashing i don't know about that i don't that's that's and we're never gonna find out because they're keeping it internal but it's like they're keeping it internal because the fia can get involved and disqualify results it's not and, good. And it could cost Checo second place regardless. It's not good stuff, guys. It's really just, I mean, we're all speculating here, right? Like, but like, Red Bull like, seems to have this thing where their lead driver is, apart from Daniel Ricciardo, where their lead driver is just like viewed as the biggest piece of shit. We saw it with Sebastian Vettel yeah. when he was, when he was battling with Mark Weber, that whole multi 21 uh, thing years and years ago, that was really damning on Seb. 
But like as soon as Seb left Red Bull and went to Ferrari, it was like, this guy actually isn't a piece of shit. So I'm wondering if that's going to happen when Max inevitably leaves Red Bull. No, I don't. I, dude, I don't think so. He's just a piece of shit. He's an entitled, spoiled brat. You can't that dude, that team radio message from him. You can't change that. I don't think he'll ever change or be viewed differently. This yeah, is going to this is going to stick with him for a long time, if not forever. Like he I just think, I think the multi 21 thing was worse because Seb actually like disobeyed team orders and overtook Weber in a race that was supposed to be Weber's race. And Seb recovered from that, no problem. But then again, Seb and Max are are totally different personalities. That's Seb like kind of like the opposite, though. I I suppose it's a it's a lot more risky of a maneuver on Seb's part. I mean, I don't know, guys. I've, I'm I know that I'm not like the most long tenured F1 historian fan of all time, but from what I've read online, like Schumacher was pretty bad back in the day like oh, yeah, i've he heard he's been from a season i've heard he's been pretty pretty bad on team radios and like people were less comparing the multi-21 scenario and more of like max and shoot people were saying if you're going to be like a max hater then you can't be a schumacher fan because like he did just as bad i don't know i don't know anything i didn't was like dirty. Research. This, is so, was dirty. this is ridiculous that's yeah, what they I've should hire you to do pr this is crazy uh-huh. You hear that, Stefano? If you don't like Max, then you can't like Michael Schumacher. No, as well. I'm just saying. People saying if you like hate Max for these scenarios and love Schumacher, like it's they're like it was give me, similar. Give me Max, similar Max. Send me something where Mick Schumacher. No, or, no, no uh, Michael. Michael Schumacher does something like what Max did yesterday. Well, he tried to take out Damon Hill and Jacques Villeneuve in separate seasons. He tried to take out Damon Hill when he was at Benetton. Yeah, uh, that's not that's not even what I'm talking about. I mean, that's I'd argue that's we're 10 times about, worse. Not obeying incidents. team orders is 100 times worse than is not even close to be trying to take out somebody in like, I, I, I'm, I'm just yelling I'm, at him for intentionally taking out Lewis on track. And now we're telling you Schumacher's doing it. And you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm the fact the that we've turned this into Max for Schumacher is just ridiculous. <laughs> Max is an entitled little bitch and Sunday proved it and it's going to stick with them forever now his reputation is tarnished because of that here matt, let's move on to matt, Abu Dhabi. You, matt you actually just bring, want to bring this up you denounced matt uh max this morning i actually. absolutely did not denounce max i did that because you were on an absolute like tear this morning and you were like you woke up and sought violence against me over a quote from him against lewis and yeah, well, you the only way it. i could get you to stop you denounce max I had to throw you a chew toy so you'd stop biting my ankles about him, but I don't denounce him. Uh, second place in the drivers. Here, here's my question: Who wins, Checo or Chuck? Checo has the better car. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be so tight. It's gonna be so tight, and I'm so glad we have this going on the final race and all this drama because it actually is gonna make this last race really interesting. Honestly, Uh, my question: (laughs) If Max takes out Chuck on purpose. To help Checo win, do you change your feeling about Max? What do you mean? Yeah, like a if bit. Max, like if he absolves himself going into this weekend, and he doesn't, and he gives Checo like a toe in qualifying, or they pit him to undercut Leclerc, and he battles Leclerc for like five. If he, if Max does in Abu Dhabi what Checo did last year for Checo. Does it absolve him anything of what does it give him any points back in anyone's mind from what happened this past weekend? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, uh, yes, it would. 
and I'm confident in knowing that it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you talked the other day about Max giving him a toe, and I was like, not a chance. He won't do that. He wants. To, I know Max wants to win the race this weekend, but I'm just like. Max wants to win the race every weekend, first he's of all. He's not going to do anything to help him. He's not going to. He'll make sure he's in a position where he, it won't uh, happen, where he does anything that will cause to happen. And, and I'll say this. I think Chuck is going to beat out Checo. I do. See, but Chuck can't even beat Checo on track, though. <laughs> Look at Singapore. He chased him for like 10 or 15 laps. That is true. Passing. Singapore, it's going to come down to setup, to be honest with you. Because I think, to your point, Stefano, like, Checo's in a better car. Um, so it gives him, like, that slight edge. But, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a flip of a coin. It I really is, don't know really because I, I look at Ferrari strategy and they're going to like fuck something up. And then I look at like Checo, but I'm like, he's not as good as Chuck, but he's got a better car and a better strategy. So it's like, it's not a street circuit. How much better is that? It's not a street circuit. Huh? Sam? Huh? How much better is that Red Bull right now than the Ferrari? That's it's stopped. It magically stopped developing right after they got caught breaching the budget cap. Well, why would you continue to spend money if you're on the verge of breaking another budget because cap? Because you already broke the rule and got caught doing it. So why would you do it again? We're, we're not going to talk about this again. <laughs> well, it's, just, I mean, it's ironic how that the car magically stopped developing as soon as they won the, the championship. Yeah. Up. That makes literally no sense at all to me. Um, what are our predictions for Abu Dhabi heading into this weekend? Is it another Mercedes one, two, Sam? No. All right. It's not. All right. Um, let's give our predictions poll and then podium only podcast to do it ahead of practice. Only one that does it. It's very easy to do it after practice, but uh, we are looking at Abu Dhabi. Not going to be a rematch. Not going to be a repeat of last year. Maybe though for second, who knows? Maybe we'll Still see. Still plenty Chaco. of drama. Still plenty of drama. Still plenty of drama. Sam, let me ask you this before we go into the predictions: Does Mercedes come in second in the constructors? I don't know how the points per like what they need to do They're to win. Nineteen that. points down. Yeah, I don't. I no, I do not think so. so I think it'll be close. One, two and Ferrari, we need to go three five. That's the type of stuff yeah, we're talking. No, they're they're not going to do it. Um, like one three and five seven. Yeah, I think Ferrari's gonna nip them um, by a couple points. So my predictions, I, I think, um, I think for pole, I think it's gonna be Chuck Leclerc. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna be having a big weekend. Like he knows it's big. Um, he is Mister Qualifier after all. So I see him grabbing pole. Um, and then for the race, I like Lewis Hamilton to get his first win of the year. I think it would be a just a very poetic way to end the season. And I think we're in for like another Lewis max battle. Um, I think it's going to be great. And I think that like Lewis is going to see this as like a mini opportunity to kind of get some revenge from last year. So um, I think we see Lewis win max second. I think it'll be a great duel, but Lewis will get him. And then I think we see Chuck Leclerc round out the podium, get his second place finish, check out fourth. I think it's going to be a very fun race. I'm actually really, really excited for it. Um, and I, I think we'll see signs and Russell kind of battle it out for that next spot. Um, so I do think that Ferrari will finish ahead of Mercedes and the drivers. I like that prediction. Uh, I mean, Lewis, he is still yet to win after his 300th race. So interesting that that curse is still living on. But I agree with you. I don't think it's much longer until he he wins that that 301 maiden. Michael win. Massey curse is a Michael Massey curse. Yeah. He's uh Stefano, who do you got for the race predictions this weekend? Um, 
you usually give us like five pole positions or, or only one to do positions. that. Huh? Only one to do it. Only person in the podcast world to do that. Only one. Oh, yeah. And then you and give gonna, like nine. I'm going to keep that alive. Yeah, Hell yeah, brother. Hit us with it. Hit us with a shot. All right. I'm doing Carlos signs on pole. Ooh. And Ferrari are locking it out with Chuck on P2. Wow, smooth operator. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do Max in third. And I'm going to do George Russell in fourth and Lando Norris fifth. Wow, and Checo is like Where's sixth. Lewis and Checo? Uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Lewis sixth. And I don't think, oh, I don't Obama's think Checo has seventh. Does Checo make it to, to Q2? He does, but just. What about Q3? By the skin of his teeth. By the skin of his teeth. I think oh. he's, I think he's going to be like between eighth and 10th. Wow. Yeah, I think he totally. I think in his mind, he just totally like fucks this one up next weekend. Like, cannot put cannot put the power down. Can't get into can't get into good uh, entries for corners. Misses apexes, all kinds of stuff. Has a bad Saturday for qualifying, and then just can't put race pace down. Stefano, your takes today have been like insane. But who just do you wait, have for the just, race? Just wait, just wait for the race. Who do you have for the top five in the race? Well, seeing as there's still a race to win, and because it's the final one, Sebastian Vettel wins. <laughs> I mean, I that Aston Martin has looked pretty good last few races. I love, I love, like, let's just say too. I don't like as a podcast. I'm kind of sad that Vettel is going to be retiring this year. I'm not. I, I am. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. I think I loved his team radio in the sprint when Stroll almost put him into the wall and said, "Okay, okay." <laughs> uh, some sometimes his radio messages are funny, but all right, you got Vettel winning, which is not going to happen. Yeah. But well, yeah. Right, can you give us your real predictions now? Like we know that that's not going to happen. We know you want him to win because it's his last race, and like whatever, we get it. All right, you're rooting for him to win the race. He's not going to win, so give us your real predictions. God damn it, man! Yeah, you always sorry. have to. You always have to ruin fun. Yeah, you know, like, why are you going to hurt my feelings like that, man? But, like, it's just not Again. Good. Anyway, um, let's see. I think Carlos Sainz wraps it up, like, Grand Slam this weekend. Pull, fastest lap, and win. That's a bizarre take, but let's keep going. Love to hear uh, what you got on second, third, fourth, and fifth after that one. I'll do Max second, Chuck third. So, Chuck, so Chuck gets Checo. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Fernando Alonso gets fourth and Lewis fifth. All right. All right. I guess it's my turn. Um, I'm going to go uh, Max on pole. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 I don't think, to Sam's point earlier, I don't think the Red Bull is fast enough over uh, a fi- uh, one lap. They haven't been all year, and I think they stopped developing, and they just don't care. So I think it's actually going to be a front-row lockout for Mercedes again. I think you're going to see George Russell kind of carry some confidence. I think that Mercedes is fast, and I think it's going to be uh, George on pole, Lewis – P2 to start the race. And then I do think it's going to be Max and Checo on the second row. I think, uh, I don't know what's going on with that Ferrari. They've been like kind of quick, but like not that quick. I don't know. I think something's going on at Ferrari. They've just not been developing as well. Um, 
I don't know. I think Chuck gets in his head a little bit after this past weekend. There's been a couple times where he hasn't had things go his way in the race, like Austria, and then he's come back for France and like made a mistake. Um, he won in Austria. That happening, huh? He won in Austria. Did he win in Austria? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, signs that had the the, the DNF. Yeah, Signs' car blew up. Yeah, I don't know. I just see Chuck making some. T- he usually comes off of these weekends where he, like things don't go his way, and he kind of gets in his own head and he makes a mistake. Uh, maybe it was a uh, better comparison is like going from France to Hungary, um, where he he got, definitely does overdrive. Yeah, he time. overdrives at times, and so I think it's going to be a front row Mercedes, a second row Red Bull, and a third row Ferrari. Um, and then I kind of love Sam's. I think I honestly think Lewis should have won the race this past weekend if he didn't get, um, if he had given Max some space and didn't crash into him on purpose, then maybe he would have uh, taken over his teammate. But like, I think like Lewis was so much faster in that medium second stint over George that if he's untouched, I think he's going to beat George. And I do think Sam's right. I think we get like a Max. Lewis battle. I think Max overtakes George and maybe we get some like slow pit stop or something where they kind of come to, to blows. Um, and then I think rounding out the podium, I think you get Checo P3, George P4. And um, I'm really hoping for some parody in the constructors this weekend. Like I really like, I'm not rooting against Ferrari. I'm like really rooting for Mercedes because I think that that would be so sick if they just kind of clawed their way back for a second of the constructors after starting off with that porpoising. I'm rooting like really hard. More of a collapse by Ferrari than a comeback by Mercedes, in my opinion. <sighs> uh, well, for Mercedes, yeah, that's great that's, form for the second half of the season. Man, Lewis, so Hamilton was on, Lewis Hamilton was on a run of like four or five, maybe six races where he was on podiums. First, like six or seven races, Ferrari had easily the fastest car out there. Until Miami. Miami was the one outlier, but like even after that, through mm, Austria, like they, they had the best car. Mm, Jetta. But Miami I mean, was really like the turning point. You're right, Sam, though. Like, I'm trying to, like, you you said something that I'm, like, struggling with. Like, was is this, like, a Mercedes comeback or a Ferrari collapse? Like, it's both. It is both. It is, it's it's 100% both. both. But, like, if you had to swing the pendulum in favor of one or the other, which would you put? I think so Ferrari tough. collapse. I think I the collapse right. is more more relevant to Ferrari's it's title. The strategy and the reliability. Mercedes has won one race. It's not uh, like they, it's, the Mercedes has only won one race. It's not true. like they won like four or five races. The That's true. Season. That's true. I, I guess I would, if I had to put the pendulum to whether it's a Ferrari collapse or a Mercedes comeback, I think I would put it into the Ferrari collapse because they outstrat they they lost a couple races because of strategy. So they shouldn't even be in this position. Like Hungary should have been a, an easy win for them and France. they blew it. And France should have been an easy win for them. Monaco. Uh, uh, Amelia Romagna should have been an easy one for them. Chuck overdrove. Monaco I mean, was like the big strategy. Yeah, Monaco was first just, of many. Monaco was dumb, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of am rooting for for Mercedes just because I want that final nail in the coffin. Because Signs and Chuck are too good to be finishing the way the season off this way. But yeah. Super excited. I love the Abu Dhabi track. Like, I think I'm one of the few on this podcast who, like, I love racing it on the video game. Like, something about it. Like, I just love Marina Bay. But it should be pretty, pretty exciting. I love the long back straight. And I love, I just love the whole track. I love the opening 
corner one. I think it's super flowy. I don't know. I'm a big fan. But guys, uh, final thoughts heading into the weekend. Sam, kick it off to you. Uh, it's been an interesting year. I'm glad we have a little bit of drama going to this final race. Uh, very excited about it, but it's been a pleasure uh, this season, guys. We got one more to go. Yeah, but, you know, going into the last race. Just, you know. Sam, uh, Stefano, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a season. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, some interesting battles on track, some really fun races to watch. Uh, and it's been really great uh, sitting down with my two great friends to talk Formula One. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. And um, for those tuning in, Sam, will we be getting one last final hurrah of Sam's bets this weekend for the matchup picks? Yeah, well, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'll be firing those off this weekend for old time's sake. Um, still one of the best uh, F1 handicappers out there. So give us a follow. Follow closely. Turn on those push notifications. I'll be sending you guys some winners this week. Yeah, I think if Max didn't crash into Lewis, you would have been 6-0 this past weekend. So yeah, pretty no, that, pretty that hot true. stuff for you. Pretty good stuff. Yep. All right, guys. That's a podcast. Love you guys. Um, and looking forward to Abu Dhabi. See you guys next week. Love you.